Welcome into the latest episode of Earning Their Stripes. Danny, Ian, and Ethan with you as always. We don't have another live broadcast of Yam Start tonight like we did last week, but we still have a lot of fun for you. We're going to talk a bit about Yam's debut, the season that Edward Cabrera is having, as well as the fact that the short season, Batavia is starting up and there's some draftees already making noise, even though it is a small sample size, of course. And we're also going to try to bring back our individual segments, because if we're being honest, we haven't done that in like a month. So we're going to try to bring that into the fold. Uh, I know the fellows are ready, so let's just dive into it. Ethan, Yams decides to go seven scoreless innings in his debut against the Cards. What'd you see? Uh, it was just so exciting, man. I mean, just I felt so good for him. You could see the emotion uh, afterwards, just what this meant to him. And his family was all there. And that was really the most important thing to me, which is how much this it, 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 it clearly meant to this guy. And uh, he dealed. The secondary stuff looked really, really good and got a couple guys out with some nasty breaking pitches. So uh, he looks like a guy that, you know, is ready to stay up at the MLB level right now, you know, based on that one start. We'll see how he looks tonight against the same lineup. You know, they've seen him already. So we'll see uh, any adjustments that they make to him. But, I mean, we're looking at a guy that could really hold on to this rotation spot. It could be really tough to send him down if he just steals in the next, you know, start or two that I think the Marlins are going to give him as a tryout. And uh, he he really looked he really looked composed, and I was excited to see him pitch like that. Um, tonight will be another big test, like like you said, Ethan. And if he, if he if he shows another good outing, I think he's going to stick in the rotation as that is that is the safe as that gallon. But he's playing really well. I mean, Eli Eiser last night threw a really great game again, and he's looked great since he's been up. And it's going to be hard to send either of these guys down if they keep pitching mm-hmm. like they're pitching. You know, we talked about last week. What are we? What are we looking for uh, with Yamamoto? You know, we talked about. Uh, I said I would love to see some velocity from him. Uh, Ian talked about. Ian and I both talked about uh, working out of jams with him. And uh, fourth inning, first time he gets into trouble, he's got runners on the corner with nobody out, and uh, he gets a, a fly out and a double play to work right out of it. And then, like you mentioned, Ian, he uh, hit 94 on the gun. So these are things that we were looking for to see from him, and uh, he was doing them uh, at a high level. So it was exciting to see him, you know, hit 94. That's something you definitely don't expect from Yams or a guy like him. Uh, and then to be able to come in in your first start and just stay that composed and work around guys and not let it, you know, go seven scoreless. Uh, it was so exciting, so awesome from him. Yeah, you guys both hit on the word compose, and that's where I was going to jump in. It was really impressive to see this kid. I think Ethan said it last week, who was just on a double A bus, you know, the day prior. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. up, and I get it. I mean, this isn't Yankee Stadium, but you're still facing the Cardinals lineup, and he just seemed composed. He got hit hard for some loud outs every once in a while, but you know what? It's it's a big league defense. They're going to help you out sometimes as well. His secondary was working. The uptick in velocity, as you mentioned, was there as well. And at least for me, you know I'm the sentimental guy. I mean, watching that interview. Is it everything you imagined it'd be? Oh, way more. I mean, I'm about to cry right now. <laughs> it's just so surreal. I mean, even just last night, just I couldn't sleep. I mean, it's just a moment that I can't even explain, you know? It's just an emotional time, and it, 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 it was just a fun game tonight. And him, you know, tearing up and him talking about his family, and you could see how meaningful it was. Um, mm-hmm. Just was phenomenal. Incredible. Yeah, just, I mean, he's the best a, part, it was the best part of the whole night. Absolutely. Like everything together, and it was just perfect. Like, it was perfect. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, you know what? It's a good 
it's a heck of a good problem to have in the Marlins front office right now. Yeah. We won't jump into it. We've spoken about that before with Gallen and with with Eliezer performing well and with Yams performing well. So we'll see. You know, would I expect mm-hmm. some hiccups the second time that the Cardinals are facing him? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Within a week. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, I, I would expect some hiccups. He was actually getting hit a little harder towards the end of the innings when they had already seen him two, three times. So we'll see. But you know what? He's also talented and he could also adjust. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does tonight. Uh, someone that we spoke about briefly last week, and I kind of prefaced this, that I wanted you all to talk about Edward Cabrera because I feel that he needs like his own little time. Right. And Ian's going to be the one that I'm going to throw the ball to here because I, I'm... <sighs> He's finally getting some love outside sources. Baseball America, actually, uh, one of their associate editors said that he's likely going to be a top 100 candidate. So that's or not even a candidate. He's going to be in the list, which is nice to see. Yeah. But for a while, it's felt like it's just been us. And Ian's been the conductor Mm -hmm. on that train. So you know what? I want you to get on your soapbox and I want you to tell people what we're seeing with Edward Cabrera. I want him to have his time here on this show. It's it's pretty ridiculous the growth this kid's made this year. I mean, if you just look at his raw stats, what he's done is is phenomenal. His his K rates up, his walk rates down, his home run rates down, his ERA is low as it's ever been, his FIP is low as it's ever been. But like more into that is what I'm saying. This is the highest level the kids played. He just turned 21 two months ago. Last year he had one start allowing zero runs. I believe in a hundred innings, and that was that. That was a full A ball in Greensboro. This year, he's got six starts and fifty-three innings without with zero runs. So he's done tremendously better work so far in twenty nineteen in half the innings than what he's done last year. His career high la- leading up to this year was eight. This year, he's done it nine, nine, three times, thirteen once. Like the kids really figure now what he needs to do to strike guys out. Coming into the year, command and secondary pitches was what his concern was. And his changeup has been a plus pitch throughout 2019. I've seen him throw twice now, and he struck guys out right and left with it. It's never looked like that. He can place it where he wants it, where he wants it to go. And the numbers are just, they're kind of scary for what he's doing. They're better than what Sixo did last year. And the real numbers that really freak me out is what Jose did at age 19 when he was in high A. Yeah. They were phenomenal numbers, but they're literally almost identical to what Edwards is doing right now. Like, to a, like it's very, very close. It's kind of scary. Uh, Jose was walking 2.78 people in, uh, per nine when he was there. Edwards walking 2.72. Edwards striking out more guys. They have nearly the same bat bip. They have nearly the same left on base. They have nearly the same FIP. It's 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 really scary for what this kid's doing at this level. I mean, mm-hmm. he's never pitched at a level like this before. And I could literally talk about him all day, and that's why I'm stumbling. I got so many stats in front of me I'm looking at right now. But this guy is – he's my guy. I mean, I think he's the best arm talent in the system. I know we got Sixto. I know we have Jordan Holloway. I know there's Zach Allen. But this kid's going to be really good. And if he keeps developing like he is right now, it's going to be special. Um, I'm reading over this uh, season pros- uh, preview blurb that I wrote for Eddie at the beginning of the year. Uh, this was in spring training. And I said, uh, Cabrera could very well be the hidden gem among the Marlins' arms in the system and is a super intriguing prospect going into 2019. And I've held strong with that hidden gem take uh, for a while now. Uh, this guy had a good year last year and really caught my eye. 
And I knew that going into this year, he was a guy that I really needed to keep an eye on. And uh, he's proven me absolutely correct this year. Uh, one else, I one thing I said is uh, after two respectable years in low A, I think Cabrera is ready to make the jump to high A Jupiter. I'd start him there and see where the year takes you, but I wouldn't expect him to get past Jupiter in 2019. And boy, do I look stupid right now. Uh, this kid was more than just ready for Jupiter. Uh, he was ready to dominate this level, and he has dominated this level. His uh, K per nine, I mentioned this last week, is levels above where it's ever been. It's 11.04 right now. The highest uh, before that was 8.34. Ian mentioned his ERA, and I mentioned this last week. I'll bring it up again. It's 2.04. That's an elite ERA. His FIP is 2.23, which suggests that that ERA is very legit, uh, mm-hmm. You know that he's not he's getting dealing. bailed out by really good defense. It shows that he's just pitching really well. Um, he's not, he's only given up one home run this year. Um, and it was 20. in his first start. Yeah. His K percentage is 10% higher than it's ever been. His walks are under 8%. Um, his BABIP is only 269. I mean, this guy's just dealing and he's, he's getting guys out. He's striking guys out. You know, I talked about in the preview how there were some high strikeout numbers last year, but it seems like every time this guy hits the mound, uh, he's not giving up a lot of hits. He's not really walking anybody. I think I yeah. brought up that he's got eight walks in eight games or whatever, and um, he's striking guys out left and right. So this has just been a tremendous year, and you know he looked ready for Jupiter this year, like I said, and then has just taken the level by storm to the point where um, I think we're going to start seeing some dominoes fall in the rotation. It's the time of year um, in the system where guys make some moves up, and I think you know, depending on Yamamoto status, I think Yamamoto, even if he goes down is past Jacksonville, uh, mm-hmm. Ian and I were talking about this the other night. I don't think, I don't think we see him in Jacksonville again. I think if the Marlins send him down, it'll be to take, um, Gallon's place in new Orleans, you know, and we can talk about that all day another time, but basically with that domino falling with a spot now open in Jacksonville, um, there's no better candidate right now than Edward Cabrera to take that spot. Um, Brax is having a great year, um, but he needs some more time, get some more innings on his arm before he um, gets up. Holloway needs some polishing. Rogers, um, not yet, maybe soon. But like you talked about, Danny, um, this guy has all the makings of a top 100 prospect. I don't know why he's not a top 100 prospect yet. Um, Hopefully – you know, it's like not going to be for too much longer. Yeah, no, BA's got him slotted to be in the top 100. Uh, I think Pipeline should too. And, um, you know, when you're putting up these types of numbers at 21 years old in um, in high A, um, you should absolutely be absolutely start catching more people's eyes and you should be recognized for it. And I think he should absolutely be um, a top 100 prospect. I ranked him as the number five prospect in the Marlins system. Um, I even thought about going higher, but I don't know. The four hitters at the top of the system right now, I think, are just insurmountable. But um, he, he's a tremendous prospect. Like Ian said, like he could have the most potential out of all of the pitchers that we have in the system right now. And he, he, I, I love every time he gets on the mound because I know something good is going to happen. And I think he's slated to throw um, within the next couple of days based on when Jupiter actually plays um, yeah. based on this weather that we're having right now. But um, he, he's a beast and you don't even realize how much of a beast he is because when he stands next to Jordan Holloway and Trevor Rogers saw it up close <laughs> the other night, um, he, they tower over him because those guys are so big, but dude, six, four, he's got some, some, you know, room to add some weight there. So he's just going to 
keep throwing harder and harder. And I'm so excited about this guy. I mean, I've been saying all along he's the hidden gem, and I really think that's true. Well, yeah, one last thing I have on, on Edward before you go, Danny, is my favorite stat on the growth from this guy this year is his best ever strikeout to walk rate was 14.5, and that was back in 2017 in low A. It's up to 24% this year. I yeah. mean, that was his <laughs> biggest concern coming in this year was command and control, and he's really just showing such a huge improvement in that this year. That's that's yeah. what's really maybe really fall in love with the kid. I mean, jumping up to 9.6 last year was, like, I think top 25 in the whole um in hold uh, a ball and he's got that down to 7.8 this year and he's got his batting average to 178 but just the 24 percent from the 14 and a half is really what i'd love to see um that's the, i think the biggest cause for his upward tick this year is that right there just controlling where he's putting the ball and his, his stuff is phenomenal so yeah i I'll mentioned stop, that I'll stop sorry i mentioned you know? <laughs> in, i mentioned in that piece that i'm I, I brought up earlier that uh he has more control than some of the other flamethrowers like a Guzman or an Alcantara um, in the system. And that's showing uh, his control has been so precise and he's getting guys out so easily and he's missing bats all over the place. And, you know, if anything, it's only improved, uh, which is just so impressive for this guy with the kind of stuff that he has. And like I mentioned, he's still got room to add to his frame. So he's only going to get better and only going to add, you know, more stuff. Yeah. All I was going to ask there actually was, you know, He's this hidden gem that's starting to shine. He's having a year comparable to what Jose did. He's better. He had a better year right now than Sixto had over the last few years. Is it really just control? I mean, I feel like I know the answer to that question. But if there was a red flag or something that we should say, you know what, keep monitoring this with him. Is it just that command? Is there something else that either of you two sees? Or is this a? Is he turning into a safe prospect for you guys? I think he's getting to the point where he's becoming a safe prospect. I'm not going to say the change-up's mm-hmm. a plus pitch fully as it is, but it's it's showing it this year. I mean, if he can continue to, to do what he's doing now at these high levels, then I can see him being a, a top-level prospect. I mean, he's got so much life left in this arm. He's only got 200 innings or something on it over his career. and He's, he's just going to he's just going to fill out and get better. So, really, if that if that change-up continues to do what it's doing right now, He's gonna be a he's gonna be a tough light prospect. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna say you know right now that he's a surefire ace, but uh, he's getting towards that. Like Ian said, he's getting towards being a really uh, exciting prospect. And I wouldn't say he's a top 100 prospect if I didn't really believe in this kid. Um, but he's a top 100 prospect, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Are you listening, Pipeline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll exactly. get that update soon, man. I think, I think July. Hopefully, they take with, notice. Yeah, I think July. Will come, Baseball America is going to have theirs with draft picks in in July, so that should be a good one to look at. Yeah, there's a bunch of Marlins that should be candidates for the different sites. That I mean, aren't by, there the right now. Saw, by the end of 2019, it's going to be funny to look at these lists and be like, oh, oh, this yeah. rebuild, huh? Yep. What's going on with that? It's almost yeah, like they just had to sudden, wait. All of a sudden, we're going to have you know five guys in the top 100, and it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, and half of the population they, they really, won't even know where they came from. Yeah, they're, and, and Braxis Brax should be borderline. Uh, Rogers should be moving up, trending towards that. Um, so, yeah, we've got something cooking, obviously. <laughs> we'll have a really nice like episode of I Told You So mm-hmm. the week after. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Come out. And if not, we'll just vent about how it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you guys were able to go, and I believe you guys were able to meet up at the Florida State League yeah. All-Star, right? Yeah, we were. Awesome. I wasn't able so to, so you guys need to great. let the people know how that was. 
Oh, it was it so was cool, fun. man. Like, like I said, like, it's just so cool to see these guys. Like I was talking about with Yams last week, like it's cool to watch them on TV, but it's even cooler when you see them in person. And then there was a rain delay at one point in the game. So at one point I kind of made my way up towards the South team dugout and um, just got to stand there and, you know, watch them go about their business in the dugout and see, see what they, you know, see what they look like up close and personal and, like I said, like Holloway and Rogers are the twin towers, man. They are beasts. And Ian and I, we were sitting down the first, uh, down the third base line on the other side of the park from the from the uh, bullpen that they were throwing in, and they, you can tell how big they are from the other side of the park. Uh, these guys are monsters, and their stuff looked really good too. Uh, Holloway was touching ninety nine. Uh, I think he hit it like three or four times. Rogers struck his last guy, the last guy that he faced out with 95. Uh, I wish we got to see Eddie, but he wasn't throwing that night. But um, yeah, man, it was so cool to see them in person. And Roger Dean is a nice, really nice stadium. If you guys ever get the chance, you got to go out and see it. Yeah, I had a really good time. It was it was exciting to watch these kids throw. I'm excited. To, we had four All Stars out of Jupiter make it. Um, I'm glad we could have everybody from Fish Stripes that came out. That was a great time. I'm glad you guys could come. Um, it was fun. I was Ethan missed a good home run derby beforehand, but Dermis yeah. Garcia, Dermis Garcia from the Yankees organization went nuts in the finals and uh, hit six in a row and ended up hitting twelve in three minutes. And it was pretty fun to watch seeing some seeing that power being shown. But um, overall, it was a good night. I mean, the South won. Uh, they had they were throwing a no hitter through six or seven innings, and then um, yeah, it ended I didn't up being, even realize that. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, the kid who came in throwing heat at the end was the only one who gave up a hit. Oh yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. It was a good night. There's a lot of talent in that league, man. I mean, you uh, know, oh. all of a sudden, I totally forgot that. Like, all of a sudden, the North guy, you know, third baseman is introduced, and it's Jonathan India, one of my favorite uh, prospects in the last few years, Gator, um, and Roger uh, Holloway. Or was it Rogers? One of the guys got him to fly out to left field, and it was just cool to see that kind of matchup and and see all the talent that's out there. I mean, that level is really talented. That league is really talented. And there are some really nice-looking prospects that were on that field that night. And it's just cool to see. And Royce these Lewis guys, you know, I, I always – Yeah, Royce Lewis made a great backhand play deep in the hole. But, um, you know, these guys – I always talk about these guys deserve the attention. They deserve to have guys come out and watch them. And there was a big crowd that night. So it was really cool to see – people come out and get excited to watch these guys play because like I said, man, they really, they deserve it. They really do. And Jose Devers was one of the guys as well. Obviously he's hurt. Do we know if there's any, um, any yeah, updates? I got some bad news. Yeah. On I got that. Some, All right. Got some bad news the other day on Twitter. Uh, apparently he, he mentioned to somebody that he was, he, he expects to be back in August. Um, so some rough news on the Jose Devers run. It seems like he's going to be out a little longer than we were hoping. I still don't know what the injury is, um, but I saw somebody on Twitter, you know, uh, that had spoken with him and said that he's going to be out till August. So, um, uh, tough, tough loss, man. He was hitting so well and, you know, he looked like he could make an advancement in the system this year, but if he's going to be out till August, that seems unlikely. Yeah. And the one thing that protects him there, of course, is that age, but, it, yeah. it is frustrating he's to lose only, out he's that still amount. still only 19. Yeah, right. it's like, you know, Osiris. Like, we lost Osiris for this year, and that's really frustrating. 
Um, but he's going to be playing his age 19 season next year. So it's frustrating, but it's really not terrible. Uh, you know, Devers will only be 20 next year. Um, and he'll still have a month at the end of the season to show, you know, he can bounce back from injury. So, um, but yeah, definitely, you know, hopefully we, we hope something changes before that. But as of now, that's the information that I have is that he'll be out until August. Yeah. All right, so then let's transition really quickly from the Florida State League to the beginning of short season. All right, our Batavia Mutt Dogs, Buck Dogs, have decided um, to come out, and our draftees have been hitting pretty well. Yes, uh, it's hard to get too excited over, you know, 13 plate appearances, 12 plate appearances. But guys like Burdick and Edwards and Orr are, are performing, and it's nice to see that. And we're going to have, you know, the question I'm going to give you guys with Evan Edwards in a second, but. Before we get to that question, just your general thoughts on this first week of short season play. It's been exciting. I mean, it's I'm excited to see these young guys we just drafted already contributing. They're not going to be in Octavia very long, so right. it's exciting to see that already. They came out hitting, ready to play ball, and that's good to see. Shout out to Milton Smith Jr. for already raking to start the year. Kid, all he does is hit hit the ball, so that's another fun yep. thing to see. So. It's been exciting. That team's got a really fun roster and a really fun outfield to start the year. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they can do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last year, not really the most exciting uh, Batavia roster. There wasn't ever anything yep. really that exciting going on down there, to be honest with you. Um, Gerard Encarnacion was one guy that stood out, but even his, his numbers weren't as good as they are this year. But it's cool to see them have a lineup filled with guys that um, – can do something in this system. And like Ian mentioned, uh, Milton Smith is hitting, um, Burdick's hitting uh, for power. Uh, I think, Ed, was it Edwards that had the triple the other night? Uh, Burdick has had a couple, has had a few extra base hits and both of them have gone deep. So um, like Ian said, it's good to see them come out of the gates and, you know, just jump right back into hitting from the, from the college season. And uh, I think Bata- they won't be in Batavia too long. Um, you know, I don't really think there's, if they're just going to keep raking like this, you know, this short, very, very, very small sample size, uh, if they're going to do this over a one to two week period, um, I think Clinton or Jupiter are calling right away. And Burdick was one of the guys that I was most excited about, um, in this draft class. And he's proving that to be, you know, he's proving there's a reason for that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, it's good to see them jump right back into it and get hit right away. Yeah, so one of the guys I would expect to not be there very long is Edwards, right? Evan Edwards, the first baseman. Mm-hmm. He's the one that uh, hit a homer, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. And you know my question I'm going to give you because I gave it to you guys in the group chat. Uh, he's a first baseman. He's older. He's a college senior, new draftee. Is it crazy and premature and too much of a hot take to say that he's already the best or one of the best <laughs> first base prospects that the system has right now? Ian, I'll let you go first on that. I don't think it would be a hot take just because the absolute lack of depth and talent we have at the first base position. Um, There's some flashes of of talent there, and we have some guys that are developing. But overall, we really do not have too many guys that are surefire MLB first basemen. I don't think there's one in the system. So if there's a guy that can be that, it can be Evan Edwards. He played at a he played in the ACC. He's faced good pitching for the last four years. He's come in. He shows he can handle a wood bat. Uh, he has great plate discipline. I mean, he can be the guy. I mean, he can be a guy who can fly through this system and be in Jacksonville to start next year. You know, like it's the type of guy who can do that and then be in the majors maybe in August next year. 
But um, I, I'm not saying you're too far-fetched on that, that take, Danny, because mm -mm. of what we have going on right now. Yeah, I, I got to agree with that um, because I don't – yeah, like Lazaro Alonso is the best performing first baseman in, this, in the system right now, and uh, he's 24 and in high A ball. So, you know, how excited can you really get about that? But um, I think, yeah, he – as a college bat jumping in right away. And if he's going to keep hitting, um, yeah, he can easily take that spot. I said that to you guys earlier and I truly believe it. I mean, he's showing that he can hit and he's got some power. And so I just think that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good start. And if he keeps this up, you know, he can keep advancing up and yeah, as an older guy, you know, the, the timeline kind of shrinks for college guys because they're older. So there's not as many levels to go through and, you know, you, you can kind of get these guys up to the bigs pretty quickly. And with the hole at first base, if he's able to fill that and really able to perform, um, yeah, he can move very, very quickly through the system. And you touched on the age, you know, someone might hear Ian say August of next year, we just drafted the guy and think that mm -hmm. it's crazy, but it's really not. Uh, he's a four year senior. You all mentioned it from the ACC. Yeah. He's page, uh, faced good pitching. Uh, if he shows good plate discipline, if he shows that that power is going to translate over to the wooden bats, which it seems like it can, there's no reason for him to not be excelled through the system. Yeah, I mean, Mary, maybe a Garrett Cooper makes that obsolete. Uh, if he sticks around and keeps playing the way that he is at first base or another move or whatever the case is, but it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to see him playing the way that he is at the moment. Now let's go to some other guys that are playing well, and I'm just going to choose one guy really quickly. Lewis Brinson has continued to play well um, after his demotion. Right. And yeah. you get a lot of eye rolls with this. Ethan's like a, a crusader on Twitter with this, because as soon as you say anything positive about Brinson, all of the individuals come out saying, oh, well, the strikeout rate or, well, this is what we need to see. Or has he actually calmed down his swing? I mean, you know, he's he's gone down. He's done what he's needed to do. Yeah. Today, he takes three walks. He hits a three run uh, triple. What's his what's his slash right now it's going to be better than this but from last night it was 333 400 slugging 750 uh over the last 10 days 11 hits eight extra base hits now that's going to be 12 hits nine extra base hits the, the guy is doing what we need him to do it's nice to see him take those walks today although it's a company with two mm -hmm. strikeouts as well but the most important thing that i'll say is of the brief film that you can get your hands on from someone in new orleans it seems like he has yeah. a lot more centered calm approach and, and the mechanics are not as volatile as they were before there's a yeah. less pre-movement when he loads up it, it, i'm not going to say there's no hitch because that's ridiculous but when he loads up it just seems smoother and quicker to the ball i i want to see that i want to see that generalize over the major league level i'm not sure we have to call him up now but for those that are saying yeah whatever i roll at whatever the triple a numbers are nah, the guy's performing good for him yeah he's doing what he's needed to do absolutely yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going to talk about him a little more in, uh, in things we love to see, but I mean, this, he's got, I saw this video of him the other night where he just worked, he worked a full count and then he drove a hard, hard line drive up the middle, uh, for an RBI single. And I just think that shows, um, the advancement, you know, that he's maybe he is making some changes in his approach, um, because he's, he, he wasn't even getting into full counts in the, in the major leagues, you know, he was, going down on O twos and one twos and wasn't really working anything deep swing, you know, swinging at a bad pitch on O and one, not doing with an, an anything with a two O fastball, you know? So he, he worked this really nice at bat. He took a, a breaking ball away. You know, he took a couple of good pitches where they tried to get him out that 
you know, you say maybe he would have swung at that in the major leagues and everybody's going to attribute that to, oh, the pitching isn't as good in AAA and, oh, he's just not facing the same stuff. And you know what? He could have gone down to AAA and hit the same way that he hit in the majors, um, but he's not. And his strikeout rate is lower. His walk rate is up. And again, everybody's going to attribute that to the quality of pitching. And you know what? Come on, guys. Like, just be positive. Give the kid a chance. Like, look at what's happened with Dansby Swanson. Look at what's happened with Byron Buxton. These guys were, you know, written off as busts. And they've played even longer than Lou has. And all of a sudden, they're really having years that seem to be them turning a corner and turning their careers around. So, you know, you don't have to turn your career around in one year guys have struggled and they might not have struggled the amount that Brinson had except Buxton really did Buxton his numbers are as bad if not worse you know were as bad if not worse than Brinson's um, but this guy went down to the minors last year and his numbers were terrible this guy has gone down to the minors this year struggled a little bit out of the gates um, but is really hitting the ball and so you know come on like give the kid some credit like he's hitting really well he's around 300 his on-base percentage is high his slugging is high um give this kid some freaking credit that he deserves because i'm i'm really getting sick of people out there just writing him off and saying he's a bust he's a bust he's a bust the kid has talent give him a chance let him work out some things that was the whole point of him going to triple a and you know we'll see i leave him until september we'll see what happens in september and if he comes back to the big leagues and struggles we'll talk to him yeah, uh, pretending like what he's thirty. I mean, come yeah. on, still still twenty five, still twenty five. Go ahead, Ian. No, I, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I saw the video that you saw the other night, Ethan, and the swing looked better to me. He looked a little stiff at the beginning of the at bat, but I wasn't wasn't too upset about that. His swing that right now reminds me of the kind of the changes that Monte made when he was in the AFL last year. Similar to that, he's taking a little bit of the leg, the leg staying on the ground a lot more. I'm noticing in AAA right now for Lewis. Um, he's staying behind the ball. I mean, a big thing I've heard in the past with Lewis is he's a tough, coachable guy because he's so talented in himself, and he's got the talent and the skills and the tools and everything. It's been something he's relied on forever, but I think he's really showing that he can be coached in AAA right now, and his swing is showing it. He's posting great results, and I mean, getting even getting the, the K rate down eight percent from when he was here to start the year is is impressive to me. I mean. He took three walks today, triple-A pitching, whatever. Whatever you want to say about that. Three walks, three walks. He swings at everything. Yeah. So um, the kid is really trying to – seems like he's trying to work on his craft. And in his stints before, I don't really feel like he was doing that. He felt like he wanted to be on the big league roster, and he played well enough in the Myers to be on the big league roster. So when he would get sent down, I don't feel like he went into those assignments with the utmost confidence to get better. Um and I feel like it's changed on this assignment. He's looked really well, and I hope the upward trend continues. And I hope they give him a little bit more time, but I really hope he's going to be back soon and play good baseball because I'm rooting for the kid. When he got here last year, I, you wouldn't have found you wouldn't have found somebody more excited. I was really big into the Brewer system for a long time. I covered him for a few years, and Brinson was one of my guys. And to see him struggling has been sad for me. So it's exciting to see what he's doing right now in AAA, and I'm really hoping he continues it. Yeah, I'll add another top prospect on the pitching side that, for whatever reason, people wanted to panic over as if there was even merit to panic. Sixto Sanchez <laughs> this week went out six innings pitch, zero earned runs, right? Four Ks, one walk. Over his last month, calendar month, 
32 innings pitch, a 3.66 ERA, 28 strikeouts to five walks. I'm not sure what the reason for the panic was. Maybe it was because we were expecting him to be, yes. I don't know, Jose Fernandez when when he you know when he was younger. I, I don't know. Um, but speak to that a little because we hinted at that last week and then he went out this week and he reinforced what we told people to do, which was basically relax a little bit and trust the tools. I'll, I'll let Ethan go first. Yeah, I, I definitely think the reason I panicked is because I hear Sixo Sanchez, I hear we're getting a top 25 prospect in all of baseball. And I'm thinking that every night he's going to go out and go seven innings, one run, you know, four hits and like 10 Ks. And he's not doing that. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. Um, you know, I've seen out there that he's really, I, I, I honestly didn't know too much about the guy. So I didn't know if, whether to expect big strikeout numbers or not, but I've seen that he, maybe he's just not that big of a strikeout guy. And that's fine because he gets the job done. Um, his stuff will eventually be so good and take over, um, that he'll start getting more strikeouts. And we talked about it. I, I think it was last week where we talked about how he just needs to learn to use his stuff outside of the zone. He gets guys to strike out in the zone all the time. And if you're able to do that, that shows how elite your stuff is. Um, uh, because, he, you know, he's just – he's got such – I can't, you know, say it enough. He's got such good stuff. And if you can strike guys in out in the strike zone, you can get them out when you work your pitches outside of the strike zone. And eventually he'll start doing that. And, you know, when he, when he does that um, – you'll start seeing those strikeout numbers jump and that's when people will be like, Oh, okay, this is what I expected. So kids working back from a long-term injury. Uh, he had some elbow problems. Uh, he was out. He only made like a, you know, eight or something starts last year. He didn't make a ton of starts. So give the kids some time to shake the rust off. He had a really nice outing um, five hits, but no runs, only one walk and four strikeouts. So he's fine. <laughs> no, and again, his first year in double a, yeah, exactly. Brand new level. You said he's 20, right? Or 20 or yeah, 21? 20. 20. Yeah, he's my age. No need to panic. You know, he's got plenty of time. Let him sit in double A for a year, maybe even start there again next year. And if he continues to perform and continues to perform, he'll be up in no time. So, Ian, before we go to the segments, any any particular player you want to highlight? Uh, I, I feel like I got my effort with, with – uh with Edward earlier, but there's plenty of guys that are pitching right now. They're really just showing up and doing their thing every week. Chris Valimont, another dominant week this week. Um, really all of Jupiter's rotation, just to, just to highlight, it's been playing really well. I was very high on them. They got, they had a few bad games last couple weeks ago, but everybody in the rotation is playing really well right now. And hopefully including Will Stewart, by the way, yes, who had two, a great, tough... two great starts. Really, his 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 year has been so weird. I mean, Very if it wasn't for two innings, this kid would have be having a fantastic year. Two innings have skewed his thirty-one innings up quite badly. He's got his ERA down to two ninety right now, and it should be way lower than that. I mean, he had some rough ones, and if it wasn't for that, the kid's been having a great year. So it's been exciting to see him bounce back from those. Yeah, the numbers that you're referencing over the last thirty or last thirty days, thirty-one innings pitched, two ninety ERA, one point one three WHIP. I mean, it's nice to see that rebounding after, like you said, it was basically two really bad innings that caused that inflation to go up, where they just kept him in there and said, you know what, you're gonna bulldog through this, yeah, and you're gonna try to survive. And he didn't maybe survive as much as they wanted him to, but it's he's nice a, to see him come back. Yeah, he's another guy who probably throws too many strikes. I mean, he's got five pitches that he can put in the strike zone that he thinks he can get guys out on just because on different stuff, but he doesn't need to go out of the zone a little bit more and he'd get even more guys out. 
Yeah, but, on the yeah, on the yeah. offensive side, I'll just say Isan Diaz continues doing what he's yes. doing. Joe Dunan has been <laughs> nice to see. Banfield hitting as well, a, a little bit more to where we want to see him. Two eighty six uh, over the last. Uh, 10 days and, and power, Harrison, power, power, power. exactly exactly and he's driving the ball monte harrison also came back although we're uncertain because it seems like they are um being very careful with his hamstring which is okay i'm okay with that but he came back and hit a home run so that's nice to see and davis bradshaw which is always going to be one of my under the radar guys that i like um, has been doing well as well so we have 10 more minutes before we'll let you all go let's talk a little bit about our segments ian go ahead with your pitcher Oh well, I've got a guy who's a little bit under the radar. I mean, probably a lot of guys, a lot of our listeners isn't their their first guy they're going to hear about. But that's Colt Mahoney. He's been a relief pitcher in Jacks for the majority of the year. He made his first start this past week. He did nothing but go six innings perfect, struck out five on fifty eight pitches. I mean, that's a hell of a start for only starting once in the year. I mean, not too shabby. Great. Yeah, he looked great. He was efficient. I think it was last Tuesday or yeah, last Tuesday. It was the same night as, as Jam start. But uh, he looked great. Pitches? Fifty-eight pitches, shit, perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he went great. He looked looked fantastic. They should have left him in there, but I mean, first time stretching out that far. I mean, I'm sure he was done. But he looked fantastic. It was exciting to see that. And my hitter of the week will be Gabby Guerrero, a guy I was low on for a lot of the year. Is really raking the last seven games. He's sitting yeah. at three six three sixty seven, three eighty seven, and six thirty three. He's got eleven hits, two doubles, two homers. He drove in eight. He's got his K rate down 25.8 the last eight games, or last seven games. He's really looked good the past week since with, with Monte going on the IL. He's really taken up that that uh, spot in the lineup to really dominate, and he's he's had a good week. Yeah, there's been some inconsistencies in that New Orleans outfield, lots of guys moving in and out. So it's good to yeah. see him get, get some consistent playing time and take advantage of it. Ethan, I have to say before we go into your segment uh-huh. – in the group are you chat. looking at my things we love to see right now? I am. I am. I'm excited for okay. what they are, but I just being honest, right? Well, in the group chat, uh-huh. when you kept doing the hashtag like ETWLTS or whatever it was, or things uh-huh. we love to see, I had no idea what uh-huh. it was. So I went on Twitter and tried <laughs> to find it. And then I realized that you were the only person who uses that hashtag. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> that's what it is. It's things we love to see. All right. So things so we love is. to see. Hashtag TWLTS. Yes, sir. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, we touched on all three of these things that I'm going to talk about now, but they're good things that I think really should be reiterated. Uh, the first thing is shout out to the Batavia boys. Uh, congratulations to everybody that's getting their first uh, professional starts. They're, all three guys have picked up their first professional hits. Uh, the two guys I'm going to highlight are Edwards and Burdick. Uh, or is a little slow out of the gates. He's got a couple of hits, but Smith is starting the year well. But I want to highlight uh, highlight Edwards and Burdick, two college guys uh, that I'm really, really excited about. Um, Burdick, uh, Edwards has already gone deep. He's got a double, taken two walks, uh, driven in a couple, stole a base. Uh, that's a really nice start for him uh, out of the gates. And I mean, it, you know, just three games, but still. Um, that's good to see him jump right back into hitting. And then uh, Burdick's got a homer. He's got a triple. He's only struck out twice like, in three games. Um, he's stolen a bag, and he's racked up five hits in three games, which is really nice to see. Uh, we knew he was going to be one of those guys, like we talked about, that's a pure hitter with power, um, and he's showing that so far. I was really excited for him. I think he's one of the you know guys that we're going to just see – the depth of this draft. And I think he can really make some noise, even though he was one of the later round picks. 
Um, let's talk about Princeton again. Two homers the other night, uh, triple today, showing more power. Kind of hit a lull uh, within the past like couple weeks, um, but heating back up. So that's good to see him go down, slow down a little bit, um, but heat back up. Uh, his numbers as of this was probably as of this morning because they haven't probably updated from the game today. But his OBP is going to be even higher because he drew three walks. His, his walk rate will be higher. Uh, 9.2% up 7% from in the majors for the walk rate. 27.7% uh, strikeout rate down 7% um, from the majors. 296, 382, and 533, a 237 ISO. So hitting for power, do, being consistent, and bouncing back after slowing down a little bit. And then, of course, my guy, you just touched on it really quick, Danny. Monte came back. I was really happy to see him back. Um, you know, if he's out of the lineup for a few games because they kind of want to ease him back into the lineup, that's fine with me. There's no need, you know, if the hamstring's a bit of a concern, no need to force him to play all the time on it. Uh, get him back. We should. He's still probably on track to be seen in September here. First game back, right away he hit a home run. So um, that's that's what we love to see this week. You know, those when those kind of things pop up, they're pretty much always going to make the things we love to see. I think Banfield went deep this week. So um, some power around the system and just hoping those Batavia boys keep it up. Or And I think Smith were in the first two spots I just saw in the lineup tonight. So exciting times to watch in Batavia finally. You know, there's some excitement up there, and that's good to see. And one note on Brinson, after today's game, I would imagine that his walk rate is over 10%. 10%, yeah, which, probably. Which on most ranges, and I'm just looking at Fangraph specifically right now, is above average range. Now, I understand this is a range that's applied for the major league level. We're trying to apply it here to the AAA level. I'm not really trying to do that. But it goes to show you that there are some improvements being done here. If it's an approach, if it's in mechanics, whatever the case is, it's nice to see him uh, uh, you know, succeed. Yeah, like I keep saying. It might not be a huge change, and we're still not sure how it'll apply to the major league level. I've said this on Twitter a lot, but something has changed. The guy's not striking out at a 35% clip. He's not walking at a 2% clip. I don't care if he's facing lesser pitching. Something has changed in the approach. If something hadn't changed, he would be striking out that high, even against AAA pitching. He would be walking that low, even against AAA pitching. There's something going on, and whether it will uh, – come to fruition in the major leagues is yet to be seen we'll see eventually but something is changing and it's positive the fact that he's hitting is positive can we just be positive about this guy for one second please mm -hmm. sorry and rant over no no keep the rant going because at the <laughs> end of the day the guy's going to get drilled over and over and over again whether yeah. it's on twitter or the national media or anytime yelich's name gets called up and that's the thing is that you know when you point out something on twitter and i'm specifically talking about you ethan like you put out a mm -hmm. number that's objective right you haven't even added yeah. an opinion to it you've just put out a number there's nothing positive about that you're literally just pointing out math yes you know th there's... i'm pointing out that his walk rate is seven percent higher that's a that's a huge improvement his strike rate is seven percent lower 27.7 percent is still high but the major league average increases every year i think it's somewhere around 22 percent right now mm -hmm. so he's going back towards the average in the major leagues and he's working his way down and like you said these are objective numbers i'm not i'm showing you these numbers to show that there's something out there you know i have my own opinion on brinson and we know what that opinion is but these numbers are objective i'm just throwing them out there because they're objectively showing that something has happened and you're right, Danny, you know, something's changing. So we, we, that it's something to be positive about, whether it's against AAA pitching or not. And we'll keep, continue to see how it goes.
I agree. And it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. And again, when he gets promoted and mm-hmm. when he doesn't, it, it, it'll be nice Take to see time. him back up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. So with the last few minutes, just my under the radar guy, Alberto Adberto. I don't know why I just went not Spanish on you. Adberto Guerrero <laughs> was signed from Panama in 2015. Kudos to the old regime for the international signing. He is only 21 years of age. He's currently at Clinton, six foot three, weighs around 200 pounds. He sits fastball around 92 94 but he touches 96 and has a nice plus change that sits low in the zone and is able to get swing and misses with it at the moment over 2019 58 innings pitch 2.15 era 47 strikeouts 28 walks we'd like to see the walks a little lower but there's consistency throughout his time with the marlins in 2017 he was briefly promoted towards the end of the year from rookie ball to low and he struggled if you remove that stint, and I understand that's a hypothetical, but if you do, mm-hmm. in his entire time with the Marlins, which spans over five years, he would have never pitched to a, a FIP higher than 3.88. So this is someone who knows how to pitch, has good stuff, pounds the zone, needs to work a little bit on his secondaries, but is a signing from Panama in 2015, mm-hmm. who's only 21, and is now coming into fruition. Someone that I think people need to start paying attention to. Add him to your trackers. Look at uh, the box score when he's pitching for Clinton because whether it's eventually down the line as a pen arm or maybe he adds a little bit more velo, though touching 96 is good enough for me. Uh, it's someone who I think is just another arsenal and another bullet in a long laundry list of arms that the Marlins have in that system. Yeah, he had a really nice start the other night. Really nice start. And he's, he's been he's, doing it. Those Clinton arms, man, they continue to impress very quietly. Very quiet. I put Valmont and Mejia very high on my list. Um, those guys continue to impress, man. It's nice to see, man. It, like I will continue to say it. It's layers of talent, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. BS. It's not a narrative. It's They're really going out there and performing, and it's – it's a beautiful thing to really have all of these arms because we know a lot of arms are volatile. A lot of arms will fail. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's such a just a massive amount of arms here that even if 35 45% of the arms fail, you're looking at 10-plus arms yeah. you can call up. So it, it's really nice to see. Before we log off really quickly, Ian, you have a new position somewhere, and I want people to know where they could yes. find your work. I want him to know about this too. Well, uh, as of last week, I was added on as a staff writer on the new – Swings and Mishes website with Craig Mish. And I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, he branched out and expanded his Marlins coverage to now a website along with his podcast. So me and my guy, Louis Davila, we're at Lana's writers, and we hope to bring you some top quality Marlins content over the next uh few months and hopefully a few years so i have something coming out this week that you think you guys will really enjoy and um that's all i'm gonna say for that but yeah i'm really excited about the opportunity and i really want to thank craig for giving me the chance and jeremy as well jeremy was jeremy chache has been probably the best person about this whole thing he's been in contact with me for the last month and a half and it's been awesome so this whole process has been great and um yeah that's where i'm at now for my writing <laughs> Congratulations, brother. And, and don't worry for the, the team Ian people. He's still here. He's going to yeah, be here I'll with us. I will not be going anywhere. I'll be here every week. So if you guys still like to hear from me, I ain't going nowhere. Just expanding the way that we could hear and read your work. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, fellas. You know, I appreciate y'all. Anyone who's appreciate listening, you thank guys. you for doing so. As always, like and subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. And you know where to find us next week.